What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as Hamhawks42 on the internet. And today, another edition of Overthinking MTG, the show where I look at a random magic card, talk about it for at least 10 minutes off the dome, unscripted, unedited, all that fun, happy stuff. Today, although actually I do need to throw out a disclaimer, there was a brief edit in the last uh, in the last episode, which you may have noticed because I figured coughing uh, directly into the microphone is probably not a great thing for anybody, so I did cut that out. So, okay, disclaimer, I suppose there is sometimes some editing, but it's still unscripted because Lord knows I don't have time to plan for this. So anyway, today we're going to be looking at Elder Gargaroth. This is a card that is coming out in Corset 2021 that has been spoiled, and I specifically wanted to talk about it today because I want to discuss power creep. This is something that I know I've mentioned here and there on the podcast before, and I know you've heard about it. Everybody's talking about it. It's absolutely everywhere. It's frankly kind of rampant right now. Um, And that seems to be an intentional design choice. And so I'm not going to be the person who's just... I'm not going to scream, ah, turn four wins in standard should never be possible, grr. Because there are plenty of people saying that right now. And I'm not necessarily... I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. The thing is... When the power level increases, the balance becomes harder. It's just like keeping a car inside of a lane as you go faster and faster. If you're going on a straightaway and you're going 20 miles an hour, it's very easy. If you're going through curves, it's very easy to go 20 miles an hour. The moment you kick it up to 60, 90, 100, 150, like whatever, the, all of a sudden, keeping keeping your vehicle within those lines becomes so much harder and controlling it becomes incredibly difficult. That is power creep within Magic the Gathering. When cards are relatively underpowered, when they're not super, when they're not just completely souped up and capable of doing all sorts of crazy things, it is fairly easy to keep answers around and to keep certain cards in check. Usually it's not super hard. However, once the power level starts rising, all of a sudden winning earlier and earlier becomes possible and any imbalance in the cards, if you're going back and forth and if you're going like a back and forth tug of war style game of magic and one card wins 55 to 60% of the time, okay, that card is, or one particular deck maybe, like, okay, that deck is stronger, 100%. But if you're on the losing end of that, that doesn't feel too terribly bad. Meanwhile, if the power level is such that a single card can take a deck and make it go from maybe winning 60% of those matchups to 80 you know, something like an Oko, which is just, the reason that you keep hearing people talk about Oko Thief of Crowns is because that card is the perfect example of ridiculous, ridiculous power creep that that card was so powerful and it went unchecked basically because the answers that were around were also very powerful but they weren't powerful enough to deal with oko and what it was bringing to the table so what was that monologue all about well the reason that i'm talking about this is because we're looking today at elder gargaroth it's a mythic and right off the bat it costs three generic Two green, and it is a 6-6. Okay, so we have a 6-6 for five. That is already ahead of rate. This is already better than it ought to be, just by traditional thinking when it comes to magic. But wait, there's more. Vigilance, reach, and trample. Those three keywords, those three keywords are pretty darn good. Then whenever Elder Gargaroth 
Attacks or blocks, choose one. Create a 3-3 green beast creature token. You gain three life or draw a card. Two out of three of those are really freaking good. Gaining life, eh, in certain strategies that can be really useful, but by and large, eh, that's going to be a try, trying to come from behind. Um, creating a 3-3 green beast token or drawing a card, those are phenomenal effects and you get them every single time this thing attacks or blocks and guess what it has vigilance so it can do both consistently this card is too good period although this also exists in the same world as questing beast and i also believe that that card is too good for what it does um especially because green seems to be getting souped up more and more right now and if it was just this creature is huge and it has a bunch of combat-centric keywords that make it stronger and better than others, which is more or less the case with Questing Beast, there are a couple of exceptions to that for sure, but generally, if it was just this creature is really, really big, like Yorvo, I have no problem with Yorvo. Homeboy comes down as like a 4-4 on turn 3 and he only gets bigger as you get more creatures, but he doesn't inherently have Trample. You know, he is a um, he is a base 0-0, so mutating on top of him is incredible because you get his entire power and toughness just goes along with whatever mutates. But, like, it is very, very powerful, and that should be very strong. But, in fact, it's borderline unplayable because of how strong the other options are, including things like Elder Gargaroth. We are going to see so many... Like, right now, Mono Green Stompy is viable. It is already pretty darn good because of things like questing beast so throwing something like elder gargaroth into the mix where you're actually able to draw cards on top of everything else and you can draw a card basically every single turn as long as combat is occurring like this thing's absurd like it's just full-on absurd it's like and on top of that it's a beast which synergizes with things like kahira so like even then it even has tribal synergies working for it like there is no downside. If you have a deck with green in it, there's almost no reason not to run this card. Like, it is just an army in a can. It is just a one-drop bomb. Like, we, I, I don't even know what to say with this thing. Like, I'm trying to think of cards... I'm trying to think of decks where it currently fits. And it doesn't necessarily fit in flash strategies, but then again, as long as three fairies around, those aren't going to be great anyway. Um, it's... I guess you could fit it into Bant Ramp. Could you imagine getting this thing down? Okay, so a Growth Spiral on two. If you drop like an Uro on three, very comfortably get this down on turn four. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a way to get it down on turn three. Oh, Arboreal Grazer into Growth Spiral. Yeah, Arboreal Grazer into Growth Spiral. You can have an Elder Gargaroth down on turn three. Get out of here. Goose could do it too. Like, we're going to see that. We are going to see people blitzing a 6-6 six, six with just a dictionary's worth of upside text on it onto the field on turn three. We're going to see that a lot, guys. Strap in, because that is going to be a viable strategy. And now the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm realizing I'm probably going to build that. <laughs> I'm probably going to build a mono green deck designed to do exactly that. And I'll throw Questing Beast in there as a backup plan, because, you know, if that's the thing. This thing is so freaking good. Questing Beast is a backup plan behind this thing. Oh, dude, like, <laughs> I'm just at a loss. Like, 
this thing is so incredibly strong and it's funny because I've heard some other people talk about how it's still on how it's still not going to unseat anything because Uro is just so freaking strong and that's fair Uro is completely and totally busted and it's like the greatest 6-6 for cheap that's that we have in the meta right now and no Elder Gargaroth's not better than Uro it's not however it's also only a single color so as far as deck building goes it's far more flexible and if you have a deck that has green in it there's almost no reason not to put this in. Think about it. The Simic Ramp, or I'm sorry, the Simic Flash deck that was really big for a long time still ran Nissa in a lot of situations because she was just that good. A five drop Nissa was worth tapping out and not having access to any of your flash spells because the value that you got from having a Nissa on the board was so huge and so strong. Well, Elder Gargaroth is exactly the same way. So if I'm in like a flash strategy or if I'm in like a reclamation strategy, there's no, like, I can't think of a good reason not to put this in the deck. I, I, I yeah, it's just so ridiculously strong. It is your plan B and plan C all in one freaking card. Because that's the thing. This card, by itself, can pull you back into a game and win it for you. I, like, even if it doesn't synergize with anything else you have going on. And I guess that is my biggest issue with it. It's not that this card is too good to be printed. It's not necessarily that. Um, this does make a lot of older green bombs far less valuable um, because... Now, in EDH, if you want a good 5-drop bomb, well, Elder Gargroth's the answer. You know, there, there are some classics that you could be running, or you could just put a Gargaroth in there. Um, you know, you, you have a Questing Beast, you have a Gargaroth, you just do now. And then you ramp up to Crater Hoof Behemoth. Like, that's just what you do now in EDH if you want to win the games. Like, and cards that just say, this is the best, bum me out. Like, I don't like that because I enjoy creative deck building. And I think that is where, that's where the fun of this game for me really shines. And so when I see something like this, this does encourage, it encourages lazy deck building because it's so freaking good on one card. That's the issue that I have with it. Because if you're running green, you might as well just toss it in there. You know, if you're running Azorius, you might as well just toss Elves with Conqueror's Death and three fairy in there because they're just the best at what they do period end of discussion they're just so good you need to run them and if you're running green you might as well run elder gargaroth just because it's the best there is and the truth is um there are some really killer answers that are out there you know like the fact that Heartless Act came out in the most recent set um the fact that that came out in Ikoria like there is a two-mana way to destroy this thing that you know black has access to so the answers are very strong as well so time will tell i might just be freaking out because i see a six six for five with upside like when i see six six for five the text box better have some kind of additional cost like there's got to be an upkeep there's got to be I, I might need to sacrifice something or discard a card in order to play it. like there's got to be some downside and this just doesn't have it so yeah it's I don't understand why green is getting so supercharged right now, um, but it is. There's no question about it. And historically, green has actually been fairly weak, so maybe they're making up for lost time. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this because 
I think this card is going to be all over the place. But then again, I also thought that um, Grim Dancer from the from Ikoria was going to be all over the place too, and that I was actually to date anyway wrong on that one. I haven't seen that almost anywhere. So I don't know. Like things will change, things will happen, but this card is freaking amazing at what it does. It is just super huge. It's above rate. It is inarguable evidence of power creep. And if the answers are strong enough, then all that all this is is something that's powerful enough to allow Green Stompy to compete. And I don't know if that's what it is or not. We'll see. Um, I don't know if it's too powerful or if it's on par with everything else. Like I said earlier, this car that is the current Magic the Gathering set, you know, the current standard, is blazing down the road at 120 miles an hour. And you know what? If the driver is incredibly skilled and everything is tuned up and in good shape, we're going to stay inside the lines and we're going to have a heck of a ride. But if this card or any other cards in the set are a little jerk on the wheel, it's going to get rough. And we've seen that in the last year. We've had a couple of bumps on the road that have really thrown this thing off. And um, we'll see if that continues. But in the midst of that, we've also had some phenomenal games with some really high-powered things. And it's easy to forget about those when we're talking about the unpleasant stuff. Um, but they definitely exist, and they're definitely out there, and I'm hoping that Elder Gargaroth can be a part of some fun, explosive games in the future, instead of just being that really frustrating green thing that we just can't freaking deal with. Uh, but time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, guys. Thanks so much for for indulging this particular rant all about how about Power Creep and um, Elder Gargaroth. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm trying to be level-headed and objective about this, and um, we'll see. We will definitely see. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. It's been a pleasure, as always. Huge thanks to Wizards of the Coast for sponsoring uh, the content that I'm putting out this week. You guys are the absolute best. And most of that content you can find on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. I'm also on YouTube, hamhawks42, and on Twitter, at hawks42. Thank you so much, and I look forward to catching you next time.